Welcome to the first of many meaningful pilgrim engineering architecture technology hotshots, which are uniquely positioned audio segments of development information. I am your host, Peter Pilgrim, a platform engineer specializing in AWS, Pivotal Cloud Foundry and Enterprise Java Development. I am a Java champion and I am currently contracting for Santander UK. My first recommendation in this hotshot is to always reach for the API of open source products and read them intently because you never know exactly what you might find in them that is and will be useful. Recently, we had an issue with Docker containers and memory utilization, especially in our Jenkins build environment. Suddenly, some of our Spring Boot integration tests were dying with an exit code, a mysterious 137, not 187, but 137. We went looking for this failure and we started, of course, with the Docker container because that is the first um, element, uh, the first shell that we could examine and peel away. Um, So what we did is that the first thing we did was increase the size of the default uh, Docker Compose from 4 gig to 6 gig. Unfortunately, our little memory issue persisted and we could not explain why at that point, why certain Jenkins jobs failed whilst others ran successfully and turned green on the uh, big consular screen that we have here, at least in the basement. We noticed that these particular Jenkins jobs that actually failed relied on a certain in-memory data cache solution, which is open source like most things, but I shall mention no names. Bear with me. We looked there and configured a few things and ran the integration test again. We still got the issue exit code 137. I then went looking inside the dynamic Docker container. And the way we did this is our Docker containers um, in our firm-wide Jenkins uh, solution uh, dynamically creates and destroys uh, VMs on the fly. So every time a Jenkins jobs uh, actually executes, a VM is spun up somewhere in the in-house solution here. And so first thing we did in order to debug was to put a little breakpoint or suspension in the Jenkins pipeline. We made the Jenkins job sleep for a thousand seconds. That is right, one thousand seconds. So why did we do that? So it meant that we could SSH into the Jenkins job from our workstation. And before the Gradle build process had executed, because that's where we put the sleep process in, uh, command in, in the pipeline, we noticed that there was still a lot of memory available by executing something called Linux free command. So we were puzzled. 
However, when we in in our SSH terminal shell remotely logged in, executed Gradle build, and in more importantly, Gradle tests in uh, double dash info, double dash stack trace, expecting to see exactly where this job actually failed because Gradle didn't produce any console logs or we or we had couldn't see uh, any reports being generated that will show the actual JUnit failure. Um, it still crashed and ran out of memory and we lost the SSH connection because uh, the container, um, the monstrous beast that is spinning up our Jenkins jobs, the in-house uh, provided solution would kill the, the Docker container and then we'd lose our connection. So what to do? Uh, we knew that the problem was in Java, so there was only a certain issues that could cause Java to fail in this way. Do you know what they are? Of course, in space and heap space memory. Um, and it turned out in our Jenkins jobs, we were relying on the default configuration for Java 8 JVM heat space. It turned out there were actually two issues. The uh, in-memory data cache product, uh, would we found out from official documentations, when it first boots, if you don't give any configuration, it tries to grab um, half of the physical memory allocated to the Docker container. In other words, if we have a Docker container and it was configured with two gigabytes, uh, the product would try and grab a gig. If it was configured with uh, six gigabytes, it would try and grab three gig. And if it was eight gigabytes, it would try and grab four gig. Worse, the disk memory hog grab would keep on growing uh, ad infinitum if we had processes that were using this grid solution. Our second issue, and that turned out to be the crux of the matter, is that Gradle and the integration test ran with default JVM settings. And so it was our default heat space in Java 8 that was the issue here. Did you know with Java 8, um, the minimum heat space size allocated is the larger of one sixth of the physical memory. And that's the XMS size. And if for the maximum, it's going to be the smaller of a quarter of your physical memory for the maximum heat size. So no wonder our Jenkins container ran out of space, because that means if we even allocated a gig of memory for our Docker container, then uh, when we Java 8 started, it would by default only get 256 megabytes of disk space allocated to the solution. So the first part of our solution was to fix our in-memory cache product and we forced and configured a static size of 256 megabytes only, which dramatically reduced the data requirements. We asked ourselves, 
what kind of integration tests would we be running where we would need that so much data space reserved? And if we ever did write them, uh, we wouldn't be building integration tests. We will be building data science. The second part of the solution was to modify the master build Gradle script and the configuration actually for the test task in Gradle. So we adapted and made some modifications to the test configuration in our Gradle DSL so that we configured a minimum JVM heap space of 384 megabytes and a maximum heap space of 768 megabytes. So that's three quarters of a gig. We found some more official documentation that helped our developers immensely as platform engineers. We are here to help them um, develop better code and get more meaningful results. So in the greater documentation for the test task, you'll see a test login um, structure. And if you set test login dot show standard streams equals true that configures gradle to output the the standard output and standard error channels to the console and the second property is test login dot exception format equals full it's a bit hard to visualize this in an audio format but if you look in the documentation what this does do is allow when you type gradle uh, test the output of a of the integration tests are outputted the, the JUnit tests are output to the console and what that means the developers all only have to look at a particular Jen Jenkins job and see the verbose output of unit tests or integration tests and soon after that our integration tests all turn green so we were happy and that just goes to show if you Purview and take the moment to look at some of the official documentation of your popular open source, you might remember something and see some settings that will trigger um, some brain cells when you get stuck or when there's a system failure. Okay, that's all from me. I hope you enjoyed this first hot shot. Bye for now. <laughs>